Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 248. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Today's episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Between writing notes, filing insurance claims, and scheduling with clients, it can be hard to stay organized. That's why I recommend Therapy Notes. Their easy-to-use platform lets you manage your practice securely and efficiently. Visit TherapyNotes.com to get two free months of Therapy Notes today. Just use the promo code TherapyChat when you sign up for a free trial at TherapyNotes.com. Hi, everyone. Today in early October... I'm recording an introduction to an interview I did all the way back in January of 2020 with my guest, Elisa DiNapoli. And we talked about her work as a clinical hypnotherapist and clinical hypnotherapy coach in the UK. She specializes in helping people who have performance anxiety. And I think that you'll find this to be a very interesting conversation if you have ever been curious to learn more about clinical hypnotherapy. So as always, thank you for listening to Therapy Chat. I hope you are enjoying the new episodes that have been playing the past couple weeks and more new content is ahead. Until then, be well. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. My guest today is Elisa DiNapoli. Elisa, thanks so much for being my guest today on Therapy Chat. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm really glad you're talking to us all the way from Scotland right now. And I'm really interested to hear more about your work using clinical hypnotherapy. But before we dive into really talking about it, can you just Tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure thing. Uh, so um, I um, have been now a holistic clinical hypnotherapist for about 20 years, more or less. And also I do uh, coaching. And uh, I'm also a performer. So I've got a special interest in helping people that uh, in some way or another, um, you know, perform on stage. But of course, that's not the only thing. Uh, when I say perform on stage, I mean anyone with that, you know, needs to be seen, needs to be heard, maybe needs to present something. 
So that's one of the things that interests me. But also, I'm really interested in um, helping people with anxiety. And um, I guess my specialty is, you know, I come from from the point of view of my training had uh, some neuro uh, linguistic programming. Also, I like to include coaching in my hypnotherapy and hypnotherapy in my coaching. So that's something that uh, I feel works quite well. And yeah, so as I said, I'm also a performer. I do, you know, sing and singing and composing and drumming and basically anything to do with music because I feel it's on the other side. It's my other passion with psychology, you know. Um, yeah, so what else? Um, originally, you know, I um, I got into hypnotherapy because I started, I studied philosophy and Eastern philosophies, altered states of consciousness. And I can tell you a little bit more about it if you like later. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. And apart from that, I am also an author. I've written a book uh, about um, helping people with uh, performance anxiety uh, become more confident. Mm. And That's needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, it doesn't matter whether you are a, a, an actual public speaker or just need to go for an interview to get a better job. You need to be able to feel comfortable being witnessed, if you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that seems really important. I don't know. For me, I can think of several people in my life and probably myself could benefit from your book <laughs> because uh-huh. um, and maybe your work directly because putting yourself out there is so hard. And Absolutely. Yeah. Go on. Well, and, you know, with my my work is helping people who have trauma. So, you know, it can be extremely vulnerable to be seen when you maybe grew up with that you needed to hide or you weren't showing up fully as yourself wasn't really welcomed within your family. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I can say that for myself, um, but also from um, having seen a few people with performance anxiety. having had trauma in their life and that's one of the reasons why it shows up it's not the only one but a lot of the time it actually does come from an event that was traumatic for them mm-hmm. even though it might not seem perhaps traumatic to other people but it is a uh, you know an event uh, or events uh, or a series of events that uh, would have been upsetting and they're still upsetting a lot of the time but not always we'll still remember what it was but think that you know, ludicrous that it might be still influencing their life at at the present moment. But usually when we do hypnosis, we find out that it is quite a lot still influencing their behavior. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, I mean, this might sound so cliche, but what there's two things I think of when I think of hypnosis. One is obviously like the magician, you know, who Mm -hmm. hypnotizes someone in the audience and you don't know if it's real or not you know, that you see in on, you know, films or on TV. But the other is as a trauma therapist, you know, sometimes people will say, I need to be hypnotized so I can remember my traumas because, um, you know, I don't remember it and I want to be hypnotized so that that can be, I can remember, which, you know, I'm always like, well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Is that really... It's I don't know that that those things sort of throw me off. But I I recognize that there is an important role um, for clinical hypnotherapy, but I don't really understand exactly where it fits. So can you talk about that a bit? Just like what does the clinical hypnotherapy that you do? How does that 
look and how does that help? Okay, well, okay. So first of all, um, I want to just address the first thing you, you talked about, which was about stage hypnotism. You know, there's a there's a big misunderstanding that can uh, that can arise when the only thing people know about hypnosis is stage hypnosis because stage hypnosis is is a show and it's actually uh, you know it's giving the wrong idea about what hypnosis is because it's putting all the power of hypnosis into the hands of the stage hypnotist but actually the reality is that the power is actually in the in the hands of the subject and if you have ever noticed if stage hypnotists always do exercises before they invite anyone on stage because they need to know who is going to be susceptible you know who wants to be hypnotized so badly that is going to be collaborating because if somebody doesn't want to be hypnotized well there is no way that they can be but the reality is that what hypnotism actually is is a very very natural phenomenon that happens every single day you know when you go to bed when you're falling asleep and you've got fleeting images in your mind and you're kind of aware of the sounds outside but you don't really care anymore and you start having sensations, perhaps previous dreams or things that happened during the day. Basically, you're in an hypnotic state. It's just that it's natural and nobody has induced it particularly, you know, and you're not really doing anything specific with it. You're just kind of letting it happen. So that's the hypnotic state. And so what the self, all hypnosis really is self-hypnosis. When you use it positively, you're then, that's where the power comes from. So to answer the second question, which was about talking about about how clients sometimes say, well, I want to know whether I, you know, where my trauma, what happened in the past, and maybe hypnosis will help. Well, it's a bit tricky because memory, as you know, is not precise. You know, it's always colored by emotions. Um, so, you know, of course, hypnosis couldn't be uh, used in a court of law to prove that, you know, the person might have been abused by a family member or somebody else. Because of that, you know, mm -hmm. it's very much not facts, you know. But um, having said that, if someone has a memory of something traumatic, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter whether it really happened or it didn't happen. Because if the person believes that it did, then in some way it is traumatic for them. So we need to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, pra very pragmatic, you know, in that way. And so the way that I would uh, that, that I would uh, deal with that is um, I've kind of put together um, a protocol, if you like, uh, of different techniques that work at least until now have worked a charm. You know, have really worked well. And uh, the reason why I've used these techniques, techniques and put them together is that they come from different traditions, if you like, or to different disciplines. But if one doesn't work, the other one will. So you know, I like to just cover all uh, corners. And, and angles and make sure that the person actually after this one hour of intense hypnosis they have a real change you know so we measure uh, how upset the person might be before they go into it and then um, with a mixture of techniques such as I don't know if you know about these ones but I'll just mention them uh, the rewind technique sometimes it was called uh, the fast phobia cure by NLP practitioners but then it got changed into the rewind techniques by the Human Givings Institute and havening and some EFT so emotional freedom technique and some EMDR just put them all in in okay. together and I found that when I use these techniques together it really makes a difference um, because at the end I would measure the level of you know upset that the person has 
uh, when they think about the, the, the traumatic experience and it's quite amazing you know uh, sometimes a person just feels they've been able to transform it into simply a memory rather than something that triggers them yeah so it's not about finding information that's hidden it's more about changing the relationship to the memory or the information that's there absolutely you got it. exactly that it's it's about being able to reprocess it so that it doesn't trigger the amygdala anymore it doesn't um you know the, the pattern matching that has happened between the trigger a situation and the emotional response is changed you know so the person doesn't get triggered anymore because they they have been able to recall the event usually we go backwards one of the things you know the one techniques uh in, involves going backwards reviewing backwards the the events for example that's one of the things we do so that basically the memory is almost scrambled if you like and and it becomes more fuzzy or perhaps the, the relationship between the person and what they remember is uh, changed in the sense that they might see it uh, they might feel more distant towards it you know like it's something something that happened that sure wasn't great but it, it's not happening now you know mm-hmm. it's in the past yeah so yeah it's not, it's that makes a lot of sense to me that it they know it happened but it's not it's like when when our trauma gets activated it's like that trigger causes the person to feel as if it's happening right now and you're saying that this gives like some space between what they know happened and the painful emotions that go with it. Yes, and it transforms it into a story. Uh, also, you know, Havening allows them to self-soothe while they remember the events. And then, you know, uh, things like um, EFT use that so that the person also can, you know, uh, say things like, I choose to let this go, it's time to let it go, you know, and, and it makes them empo- feel empowered. But also the hypnotic element of it really helps because when you're in a hypnosis when you start with the hypnotic process then you will be much more relaxed than you normally would be and so therefore um that really helps to calm down the amygdala as well you know you can actually remember the, the things that have happened without being triggered emotionally right right yeah but it seems you know i think what is so challenging for people who've experienced trauma is that they, when the memory comes involuntarily, or even mm-hmm. if it's a sensation that, you know, that their body is remembering, even if they don't have a conscious thought about yeah. the experience, the, the overwhelming flooding of emotion that stops them from being able to really be present in the here and now is what's so awful about it. Yes, yes. And that's exactly why before doing that, before rewinding the memory, the person needs to be in a state of deep calm. You know, their parasympathetic nervous system needs to be engaged because then remembering it, it's more like a movie. You know, they're, they're watching the events almost as if it's a movie on a screen. So they're not in the event anymore. It's almost as if it's happening to somebody else, if that makes sense. Yeah, but without being dissociated where it actually feels like it is someone else, it's like you still know it's you, yeah, right? I, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, there's also like different, you know, levels, you know, because for example, you can start, you can ask always the person how they feel, uh, whether they're ready to 
go into the memory. So first you would probably, you probably review it from a distance, almost as if it's, you're sitting on a sofa and you're watching this movie of you going through those events. Then when the person is ready, they can go through the events and be in the events, but actually they change the memory. So I asked, I would ask them, for example, um, for the, for everything to go backward, which is, um, uh, you know, one of the things that they need to do, but also, you know, they might, um, I do this so many times, like usually typically at least six times for each memory. Each time the person goes backwards, they might change, uh, the colors of the movie if, uh, you know, they can visualize it. So maybe it becomes black and white sort of color. Uh, they might put a, a music to, that goes with it that's very, uh, you know, jarring and not, you know, it might be even a, um, at some point when they're ready for it, it might even become a comedy, even though, of course, you know, trauma isn't uh, funny at all. Uh, so I always want to be respectful, but, you know, you'd be surprised how many people can in the end even smile about it, you know, because whenever they may, I make sure that everything is almost absurd because it's going, it's so unnatural, you know, it's not like it really happened. So it kind of scrambles their, the real memory and it becomes something a bit different, you know, mm. that they are in control of. So also they always have a remote control, you know, a virtual remote control, of course, <laughs> uh, where they can stop at any time, you know, so they are always in charge. And of course, before I get to do this, I would say, you know, it's very important that uh, I'd give the person some tools that they know that at any time they get overwhelmed, they can calm themselves. So I would give them uh, what an NLP is called an anchor, you know, so what that means is basically I would first of all elicit a very, very calming uh, feeling uh, and safe of safety of peace you know and then tell them okay um every time you for example press together your thumb and the and the index finger of your writing hand this uh feeling of your peaceful place will come flooding back so that anytime you feel you're getting overwhelmed you go back to your peaceful place so this makes it safe you know to go through the process as well mm. so the you you teach the person or help them to find a peaceful feeling and then be able mm -hmm. to access it by doing the same you know movement or gesture mm -hmm. to elicit it yes. again that's very interesting yeah yeah because you know they've associated it typically I had used something like um, pressing together the, the thumb and the index finger of your writing hand just because it's easy and I would have them practice this again and again so that they know that every time they do this they can bring back those feelings of calm and safety and then once they are they've mastered that they are confident with that then we can get into the trauma treatment so you do I know you used anxiety as the the thing that you often help people with but you do use this with people who have trauma too right oh oh yes Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, I, I see people with all kinds of troubles and I, I I don't, you know, even though I specialize in anxiety just because loads of people have anxiety and they've come to see me for it. So I've become, you know, uh, I've, I've got a lot of experience in that. But then, you know, there's all kinds of problems that people come to see me for. And really, for me, it's important to know every time what's going to help them. So, you know, if there is trauma of some kind, we need to work on it. You know, I'm not going to let it 
go past me. You know, it's important because if we don't look at it, then it's going, it's going to affect the therapy and it's not going to be as effective, you know. Um, so I try, of course, you know, if there's things I, things I can't work with, I would refer the person to somebody else. But I, I am interested basically and what, what's most important to me is in tailoring the the therapy to the individual and finding out exactly what's going to work for them, you know, what technique is going to work for them. It's very cool. So who, who is a good candidate for clinical hypnosis? Well, I suppose, you know, maybe it's easier to say who's not, but... <laughs> yeah, that, um, that could be a good way to explain it too. Okay, so uh, the people that wouldn't be a good candidate are people who uh, suffer from psychosis. Uh, because during the hypnotic process, they might have actually a psychotic episode. So that's not a good um, candidate. A candidate. Also, yeah. you know, <laughs> also if someone has got very strong clinical depression... Probably not a good candidate because uh, they would find it very difficult to access positive uh, memories and they might become even more depressed. Of course, this isn't, you know, uh, as to be taken with a pinch of salt because there are certain hypnotic techniques that would help. Um, but it would take a very skilled hypnotherapist, someone with a lot of experience. So I shy away from treating uh, people with depression, not because hypnotherapy isn't good for it, but you really need to know what you're doing. And, uh, you know, um, so, so that would be uh, the case. And also, I wouldn't treat, I couldn't treat some someone who cannot hold concentration. So some people with ADHD, for example, I couldn't help really. If you can't concentrate, it's not going to work. Or if you have, you know, uh, any kind of disability that, that makes it impossible for you to hold your attention, such as, for example, Alzheimer's, you know, I, I couldn't maybe, uh, I wouldn't think hypnotherapy would be good for that kind of person. And also young, very, very young children. So, you know, from the age of uh, five is fine, you know, I guess I wouldn't really, it wouldn't really work for the same reason that I've just mentioned uh, with really young children because they haven't got power of concentration, if you like, mm -hmm. developed enough. Yeah. And also, basically, the, the final one is if the person doesn't want to be hypnotized, it's not going to work. If the person comes to see an hypnotherapist because they're trying to test hypnosis, it's not going to work because testing hypnosis basically means somebody thinking or saying to themselves, oh, I bet it isn't going to work, you know, just like a stroppy teenager. And that in itself mm -hmm. is a suggestion. That is a suggestion. And your mind is going to, their mind is going to uh, react to that by saying, okay, yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> so, you know, there's no point. You've got to want to be hypnotized. Let's just pause for a moment so I can give you a little bit more information about why I love therapy notes. I switched to therapy notes a few years ago. I'd say it's about three years now, I believe. And I have never regretted it. I was very happy with the EHR I used before, but therapy notes is more intuitive I love the interface. The customer service is fantastic. And I love how I can get my notes done quickly because I can customize the template that I use for my notes. And there are opportunities to put check marks rather than having to write out the intervention used. So I have cut my time spent writing notes way down. 
which is wonderful because I like to focus on seeing clients. I know documentation is an important part of our work, but it can also be time consuming. And that is why I love using therapy notes. If you are considering switching EHRs or you're looking for one to use in your practice, give therapy notes a try. You can get two free months by using the code therapy chat. Now let's get back to our interview. Yeah, I think that's good to know. I didn't know that someone can't be hypnotized if they don't want to be. I mean, it makes sense as you're explaining it, but I never knew that because again, you know, and I hate to use that example, but the magician idea, the stage hypnotism, like you said, it's you know, it does make it seem as if I have power over you and I'm going to make you. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, the people that go on stage, they want to go on stage. Right. You know, they're hoping it'll work. Yeah. Yeah. And they also can use it as as an excuse to just do the very things they normally want to do, but may feel too uh, repressed, not repressed, but... um, Inhibited. You know, shy, inhibited. It's yeah. exactly that word. <laughs> so they've got permission, you know, that's that's basically a permission slip. You can be as uh, silly as you want to be and as over the top because at the end of the day, well, it was hypnotherapy. Hypnosis made you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Do something wild and extreme because, well, I didn't know what I was doing. I was hypnotized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, I see that. And of course, I mean, it is probably all staged anyway. I I don't know. But I'm glad you're making that distinction because I think probably if I hadn't asked that at the beginning, that may have been what would be going through some listeners' minds as we're talking about this. And that can get in the way of actually being able to take in the information, you know? Oh, absolutely. You know, hypnosis is a skill. It's a skill that can be developed by anybody who wants to develop it. It's a, it's more an attitude, you know, it's a way we speak to ourselves. Um, you know, the mind basically is influenced mainly by the way, the words we use in our own minds, uh, the way we speak to ourselves and the images that are elicited when those words are spoken. You know, so if you speak to yourself in a negative way, you're going to get that negative result because If I say to you right now, something like, um, oh, you know, don't imagine an ambulance on top of a hill on fire. Well, what have you just imagined? Mm -hmm. You know, and the reason for that is that you, um, you know, the subconscious doesn't, well, cannot um, associate anything with the word don't, but can associate objects, you know, with the word ambulance, hill, fire, you know, they're things. And don't is not a word. So when you say to yourself things like, uh, um, oh, I don't want to be overweight, or, you know, I don't want to be, um, I don't want my throat to get parched when I speak on stage. Well, you actually suggesting the very thing you don't want, and you're going to get it. That's interesting. But even as you're talking about it, I can totally feel like I almost started to feel my throat to get dry, even yeah, though, I, you know, it's not even my issue, but it's, it's like start happening. So that's, that's so fascinating how that works. Yeah. You know, there's even covert hypnosis, like people that basically, you know, uh, suggest things and it's, you're not hypnotized in the sense that you're not formally hypnotized, you're not in a deep hypnosis, but you know, if I were, for example, was to 
present you with a um, say a carton of eggs and I oh, I opened them and I was with you in the kitchen and I just opened this carton of eggs and then I went and I cracked one and went ooh right even if the egg was absolutely okay you know you would uh, most probably assume it's not you know, and that's a form of hypnosis. It's just basically assumptions, you know, and you are responding to my suggestion that these eggs might be rotten, you know. And if I said to you, what do you think? Do you think this is all right? You might think twice before saying it's okay, you know. Right. It's like, well, I thought it was, but no, but I'm maybe. not so sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. And, uh, and also, you know, we're hypnotized all the time by the media, by, you know, ads, all, all of the time. Uh, it's just negative hypnosis rather than positive, but it's still pretty much hypnosis. It's not, you know, uh, again, induced in a um, formal way, but, um, you know, it uses emotions to make you feel, unfortunately, a lot of the time negative, like, you know, insecure about your appearance. You know, I have this shampoo because, you know, then you will be able to attract the opposite sex. And really what it's saying is your hair as it is, isn't good enough. <laughs> so, right. so, you know, and then repetition is part of it. Uh, the more you repeat something, the more it goes in. So then, um, you know, you go to the shop and you buy that specific brand of shampoo without even knowing why. It's because you've seen it, I don't know, a hundred times on TV. Yeah, that is so true. I remember when my kids were little, there was this, commercial that used to come on the TV shows that they would watch. And the commercial was for this purse that was an organizer purse. I mean, it was, to my mind, it was a tacky, ugly, it was a purse I never would have dreamed of carrying. And the first time I couldn't find, oh, where are my keys? I thought they were here in my purse. And my child helpfully piped up, oh, you need the organizer purse, you know? Oh, it, my God. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> like, what happened? Somebody's brainwashing my kid. So, <laughs> yes, yes. That's, so it's that's like, very true. <laughs> since we were getting um, hypnotized all the time, we might as well hypnotize ourselves in a positive way. You know, really, hypnosis is conditioning. So um, we're getting conditioned constantly. Um, so we might as well take the uh, power back, you know, yeah. in our own. I like that idea. And I'm, I'm getting curious while we're talking too. I'm thinking, does your music side of you, your musical side work with your hypnosis at all? Because I know, like, for example, you said you're a drummer and I'm just thinking about how hypnotic drumming can be if mm -hmm. you're just drumming like on bongos or something like that. And it can, it can become very kind of, you can go into like a trance state. Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, when you're in flow, Mm -hmm. uh, basically is when your subconscious is taking over and you're not thinking about what you're doing anymore. And that especially is true with drumming. In fact, if you try, if you start thinking uh, about anything in drumming, you know, uh, unless you're a virtuoso that has been doing it for, I don't know, 30 years, you will interrupt that flow and you will drum much worse, you know. And for any musician out there, that's what's happening when you're getting anxious on stage or even off stage. You know, if you start thinking, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Oh, maybe, you know, that wasn't quite perfect. Oh, damn, I made a mistake. You let that becomes your conscious mind interfering with the state of flow, and uh, and so basically it's, it would be just as bad as uh, I don't know uh, starting to think, oh, do I really know how to drive a car? If you're driving a car, 
automatically you know your subconscious knows how to do it but if you start doubting it and going oh well maybe i, I don't know um, what if i put my foot on the brake at a wrong moment you know and then you're more likely to actually do the wrong thing and create an accident you know so of course that would be really bad if you're driving but if you are drumming is you know it's a little easier but the other <laughs> you know it's okay like you've made a mistake it's fine <laughs> you know but you can also use that kind of self positive self-talk so for example when i drum and i get onto a piece of that um a part of the you know uh the music sheet perhaps that it's difficult the passage difficult passage i can feel myself tightening my muscles and starting to you know tense and the one thing that helps is to repeat just before i get to that passage repeat again 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 it's easy it's easy it flows you know whatever is going to work you know it's it flows out of me automatically it's easy it's an easy passage i can do it you know and just saying that helps me to relax and just go with it but if i were to say oh my god it's coming up oh my god what if i make a mistake uh you know panic panic i'm gonna make a mistake it's mm-hmm. good i can guarantee <laughs> yeah that's that's cool that's really interesting it, it also makes me think of like what you said about the driving the car it makes me think of like a child learning to ride a bike and they think they don't know how to do it and they're afraid because the training wheels aren't there But if they just relax and let themselves feel the way the bike is balanced and just go with that, which is like a flow state, you know, because you have to just feel what's happening and adapt to it with your body, then they can just ride off. Yeah. I mean, you know, the way we learn as we go from, um, let me get this right, unconscious incompetence to unconscious competence. But there's also other stages, you know, so from unconscious incompetence, we can get to unconscious to conscious incompetence and then we get to ugh, I always get all, <laughs> all confused but basically you know at the beginning you're not aware that you don't know what to do and then you're aware that you don't know much about what what to do but you're learning and then you get to the point that you can yes you can kind of do this you know you can kind of drive that bike you, you can stay balanced but you have to really think really hard about it and then eventually it becomes unconscious and you just don't have to think about it your body does it for you that makes sense yeah like unconscious competence mm, yeah exactly i guess <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know exactly if that's what it was but yeah that, yeah, yeah, that makes sense competence. yeah 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 you got it right yeah that's exactly <laughs> it yeah Wow. So I guess the last thing I want to ask you before we run out of time in our conversation is about when talking about the music and the flow state and the drumming made me think about like the audio I've, you know, I've listened to obviously like guided meditations and things that help you fall asleep. And, you know, I'm wondering, is that part of what you do? Do you include like auditory stimuli in your hypnosis that helps people get into that state of trance if that's what you call it okay so you mean like a background music that kind of thing yeah or like something in the ears that is making like a like i'm thinking of like binaural mm-hmm. beats and things like that yeah i mean it's i wouldn't obviously be able to do that in the therapy room um but when i've made um 
recordings. Sometimes I've uh, I've included uh, that you know a specific frequency, or I have experimented with uh, sound like white noise. But I always try to do it very subtly because you know there's one thing I can't stand when I listen to hypnotic recordings and guided meditations, which is basically the same thing, and it's you know, dolphin sounds, a new age, you know, uh, I don't, oh God, I can't stand it. It's just too much for me, you know. Mm-hmm. So so I try to make it um, subtle and neutral so that anyone listening doesn't get put off because it can have the opposite effect, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, it's nice to have something there so it's not pure silence, but, but perhaps not if you start making music, uh, it can get distracting yes so i'm a bit careful with that yeah that makes sense definitely well elisa if someone were interested in your book what would they what would they gain from your book how would it help well so my book is not just for people with performance anxieties for people with anxiety in general because of course it is uh, focused on performance anxiety, but the first few chapters are really about anxiety, what it is and, and what's going on uh, when you are anxious and how to overcome it and how to reduce it. And of course, you can't never overcome it completely 100% because anxiety is pretty normal, but it's when it becomes too much that we want to reduce it a little bit. So they would definitely get an understanding of what anxiety, uh, how anxiety operates. And then in the second part of the book, is very practical because I think that's really important. You know, I wanted to offer people an opportunity to work on themselves uh, and get the benefits of hypnosis even if they, you know, don't live in the UK or Edinburgh or can't see me or, you know, for whatever reason, maybe can't afford hypnotherapy. So it's like a way to uh, I teach people how to hypnotize themselves and and I give them um, instructions one uh, in, in 10 different sessions on how uh, what to do in each one of those sessions that they can record for themselves so they can become their own hypnotherapists if you like you know of course i've also recorded the sessions myself so if the person can be bothered to do that well, they can uh, also get the sessions already made. But I wanted to offer an opportunity for people who do want to experiment and learn about how to create a self-hypnosis session for themselves that's tailored to the specific problem in this case. Well, they can do it. So so it depends really what uh, how much work uh, a reader wants to put in the book. If they just want to learn about anxiety, they will get that. If they want to work hard uh, at and you know resolving their issues with performance anxiety forever you know not just a temporary cure that's going to work for I don't know a few days but something that actually has proper results in time well then they'll get that if they commit to the process wow that sounds like an amazing resource well I tried to put together something that was like you know um, I mean it's not even all of the things that I, I could have put in there there's a whole other book that I could write about it but this is just the beginning for people that are terrified you know of being um, of being seen being heard uh, and then the next one, if I ever write it, it's going to be about how to master it, the whole, you know, how to become really, really good at performance. 
but that's a different story. Oh, wonderful. Well, I don't think I even asked you for the title of your book. What's the name of it? Um, so the title is Dare to be Seen, uh, From Stage Fright to Stage Presence. And then the subtitle was, see if I remember it well, 10 Easy Steps <laughs> to Overcome um, Not to Turn Your Performance Anxiety into Authentic Power with Transformational Hypnotherapy. Wow, that sounds wonderful. Well, you were saying that you have a gift for our listeners. Is that right? Yes. I thought I'd give your listeners um, the book for free, the ebook. So they can just grab it to tinyurl.com slash there to be seen. So that's tinyurl.com there to be seen and they'll find everything there. They'll be able to download the book. Thank you. That's that's wonderful. And I will put that link in our show notes so that people can get that. I'm, I'm going to get it. I can't wait. And <laughs> so thank you very much for that in advance from me. And well, for, let me know what you think. <laughs> yes, I will. And and where can people, if they wanted to work with you or wanted to find out more about what you're doing, where can they find you? What's the best way? Well, then the best way would be to go to hypnotichealing.co.uk. That's my website. That is hypnotichealing.co.uk. So all the information is there um, in terms of my hypnotherapy. Yeah, I also have another site for my music, but that's a different story. Do you want to share that? Sure. Um, if you want to listen to my music, it's um, the name is elisavulpes.com and so that's E-L-Y-S-S-A Elisa Vulpes is V-U-L-P-E-S that's just my mum's surname so that's uh, why I use that .com and uh, I'll put a link to that too all right thank you (laughs) and that's not .co.uk it's .com no that's .com yeah got it Elisa thank you so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today I really enjoyed learning more about how you practice and and even the concept of self-hypnosis is very mm. fascinating to me. Yeah, it's been a great chat. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Today's episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. There are many ways to keep your practice organized, but Therapy Notes is the best. Their easy-to-use, secure platform lets you not only do your billing, scheduling, and progress notes, but also create a client portal to share documents and request signatures. Plus, they offer amazing unlimited phone support, so when you have a question, you can get help fast. To get started with the practice management software trusted by over 60,000 professionals, go to TherapyNotes.com and start a free trial today. If you enter promo code THERAPYCHAT, they will give you two months to try it out for free. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. 
Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today.